I show that. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Listening to Ain't Nobody Listening on Oman FM. I'm your host Abdullah Maawali, and today with me we got Dr. Hanan Whelan, a certified addiction therapist at Oasis of Hope. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here today. Um, absolutely. So you have 20 years experience in counseling, 30 years in the field of education, a PhD in education psychology, a master's of science in psychotherapy. Um, it's uh, I think it's fair to say that. Uh, you know what you're going to be talking about today, and that is addiction. You have quite uh, a lot of experience in the area. Yes. yes. So, um, I guess we can start by um, figuring out how did you even get into this field? It is, in my mind, a very niche. And maybe I'll be proven wrong today. Maybe it's not as niche as I think it is. But how did you get into addiction? Well, um it comes from a lot of personal experience, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, back, uh, I came to Oman in the 80s, so it wasn't so much in the 80s, it was more in the 90s. I could see that this was a growing issue, and I had issues myself, um, mm. not with, with, with uh, a, a certain type of addiction. Um, and I had family members that were addicted and also friends, but there was no help available at that time. Mm. So... Um, I was lucky enough to, um, well, what could I say? Sort myself out, get myself help, um, external. External um, help. Yes. Uh, from people who were actually working here in the Sultanate. Mm. Um, and uh, they led me to be interested in sharing, well, my experience, strength, hope with others, first of all. And uh, through helping somebody else... I actually got the opportunity, because I wasn't married at the time, mm. to, uh, through through my work my workplace actually, to study. And uh, the first thing I did was a diploma in counselling, um, which uh, led on to a master's as I was a mature student, and then uh, my PhD studies. So then I got inter- inter- in- interested, I should say, in actually going abroad and getting... Uh, proper training, mm. proper um, proper certification as an addictions therapist. And to do this, I had to go. I actually went to Koh Chang in Thailand. Okay. Uh, somebody came to a man who was looking for referrals, actually, for rehabs. Mm. And uh, this guy asked me, um, he said, well, you have a lot of experience helping people. Um, <clears throat> would you be interested in coming and working uh, in Koh Chang? You know, in Dara okay. Rehab, one of the rehabs, one of the big international rehabs there. Yeah. So I thought that would be great experience because I already had, you know, the uh, professional qualifications, so to speak. R- roughly what year was this? Uh, 2000, when I went there, 2014. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's when I started work on my certification, which involved studies and about two years of study. Hmm. And placement, actually. So I was actually in placement. I had to get so many hours working in the addictions field. What uh, does it mean to be in placement? Uh, actually working on the job. I see. Yeah, and there wouldn't have been an opportunity here because we had nothing of that kind of facility here. Here in yeah. Oman. No. Hmm. So I took a sabbatical from one of the university. I was working at one of the private universities and I took a sabbatical and went abroad and... 
uh, took this opportunity, did a year so I could get my hours. And then I came back to a man after that. And how was uh, the addiction for you at that point? I mean, you, you, it started with you. With, with an issue you are facing. Yeah. Well, I couldn't have done this if I wasn't in recovery myself. Mm. And by that time, uh, and to, by 2014, I was already 12 going on 13 years in recovery. Wow. Yeah, I'm coming up for 20 this year. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> That's quite a beautiful round number. <laughs> it's a day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, how prevalent is addiction here in Oman? It's more than we act, more than we actually know, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the trouble is still people feel, you know, the stigma of addiction in that, you know, let's let's brush it under the carpet. Let's mm. not see that, you know, let's not let anybody know, um, because, you know, after coming back from Chang, I was headhunted back to work at another rehab, a big international rehab over in Thailand again. I see. Yeah, yeah I you, actually... You must be really good at what you do uh, Yeah, I just... Uh, actually, I was uh, I was headhunted to India recently as well. Oh, um, wow. To head up a big rehab project, uh, six rehabs. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I've come a long way since t- since uh, since I got clean, uh, sober, uh, yeah. 20, tw- uh, in, in 2002. 2002. Yeah. It's exactly. Yeah, 20 years. <laughs> do, do you know which day? Yes, I do. Yeah. What yeah. day is that? The 20th of December. Yeah. All right. People take notes. That's, it's that, a celebration. That that is, one, that is one thing that people should always remember, the day that they, the last day they ever ever consumed consumed anything and you know as we're as i'm sure we'll talk about Mm. addiction isn't just about substances it's about behaviors it's uh you know because uh, a lot of people now suffer from um process addiction you know which involves uh sex addiction uh shopping uh shopping online gaming um, even even um, investing in um, unfortunately scams that get scammed, you know, like uh, these investments, these crypto type things, you know, that's becoming a big yeah, mm. a big thing today. Process addiction. Yeah. I've never heard that one before. Yes, because there's addiction that encompasses like substance abuse yeah. and process addiction. So, which is addiction to, for example, what I've just said, sex or shopping or food. In my mind, those are very different things because with, with, with drugs, for example, it's not only the psychological addiction, and uh, hopefully you'll correct me here, but it's also this very real physical addiction, yes. which also, if, when you stop doing the thing, you get withdrawals, right? Yes. Whilst with process addiction, perhaps it's... Um, Am I wrong in saying that it might be easier to kick? No, 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 it isn't. It's because it's a brain process. Both are, actually. And it does involve physical, emotional and, believe it or not, spiritual. How is that? Mm -hmm. It's because we lose, we lose spirituality, like, like, well, it's not really, it it is connected to religion. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it's also connection to self and knowing myself and getting lost. And when we get into addiction, we get lost lost we lose who we are yeah we start you know behaving in ways which we wouldn't do normally you know because when, as we when we when we when we're young we grow up with a moral compass mm-hmm. right and when we get into addiction we start lying about it we start hiding it we start minimizing it we start rationalizing it and justifying the behavior mm. yeah and it's about similar processes going on in the brain 
um, you know, the reward system of the brain, dopamine release. So that's why it's connected, you know, like substance abuse or process addiction is connected because it's uh, to do with the reward system of the brain. But I would imagine it would be a lot harder to convince someone that this process addiction is as real as a drug addiction, right? Particularly for someone who has no experience in that area, trying to convince them that their shopping addiction is actually an addiction. Yes. Uh, It requires a... Well, yeah, if you think about it, addiction is when it's costing you more than just money. It's costing you friendships, it's costing you relationships, it's costing you maybe your job even, Mm. or you get into debt. Now, both, both, if you look at both, right, okay, obviously drugs, alcohol affect you physically more so, you know, they damage you, your Mm -hmm. organs and everything else, your brain, everything. But also, if you look at what happens to you behaviourally, right, when you are in, like, a process addiction, Mm because that's what often happens when people give up drugs or alcohol, they go into process addiction because it's the same, looking for the same reward, the dopamine release from the brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and research has shown that a lot of people who suffer from addiction actually have low dopamine levels, yeah? And a lot of people who go into substance abuse actually have had, you'll find in a lot of cases, childhood trauma. Yeah, either neglect or abuse of some kind. Not always, not always, no. Um, And addiction tends to be a family disease, yeah? It's hereditary. Yes, we call it the biopsychosocial of... uh, you know, addiction, you know, you'll find somewhere back in the back in the background of people's families that Mm. there's been somebody maybe not addicted to drugs or 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 alcohol. They might have been addicted to collecting things or, you know, like uh, obsessively, like it's an obsessive compulsion. Um, So it doesn't have to be that they were addicted to alcohol or drugs. Yeah. But that that's just the genetic part. There's so it also, is genetic then. Yeah, it can. It, yes, very so much. Some so. people are more predisposed to getting addicted. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, but the, but that but if you look at a whole family, right? Yeah. You might say, okay, there's ten children. Why is this person using drugs and alcohol, and the and the mm. rest aren't? But they're still behaving maybe dysfunctionally in some way. Maybe an over strict father, you know, an enabling mother, you know, that um that yeah. can that can trigger the. The, the social part of it, or, the, and all the, or a psychological trauma, for example. Right, yeah. right. So, you know, that you'll see one child out of the ten starts to pick up drugs or alcohol. Say, for example, we're just giving an example here, mm-hmm. and why not the others? They're, they're, they're the same, from the same family. Yeah. That person tends to be more, uh, more emotional than the others and unable to manage their emotions like the other children can in the family. Hmm. So they look for the to self soothe with some behaviour or some substance. So that's why that's why it's a biopsychosocial, uh, right. in, you know, phenomenon. Yeah. Well, based on your observations here, uh, running your practice here in Oman, what is the most prevalent type of addiction that you come across? Is there a specific <coughs> substance that you see most of? Um, not a specific substance. Um. Not really. It's it can be even a and it it can be well. N- yes, mentioning substances, it's usually addiction to marijuana, weed, you know, um, or uh, heroin or alcohol. 
yeah but uh, you know at, at at the at the clinic i don't just deal with addiction i deal with uh, mental health in general mm. yeah mm-hmm. but then and again that's like the only way to deal with addiction you don't just deal with the substance absolutely <laughs> right? absolutely not or 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 the or the cross addiction as we call it you know the shopping or the you know ah. whatever no we have mm. to treat the cause so that means we have to look at the symptoms you know usually people you know are very anxious or depressed or you know low self esteem low self worth You know, all these things come with these conditions, unfortunately. How do usual? How do cases usually come to you? Is it through referral? Is it? Uh, uh, pe- how does it work? Because I imagine that people who do suffer through addiction are very ashamed of that fact. Yeah, shame and shame and guilt are part of part and parcel of uh, of, uh, of of what goes on. And also, you know, as I said earlier, people mm. want to hide these issues i mean i've i've, I've uh, you know when i was at the rehab i had a lot of people from here a lot of people from the gulf and uh, not just oman but also dubai and other countries mm. and uh, it's usually the parents will say we've told the family they're on holiday or we've told the family they're they're studying you know if they come for long-term treatment yeah yeah and um that is because they don't want people to know that you know the social stigma obviously you know it affects employment it affects you know their chances of getting married these kind of things in the future i can understand that yeah you know i, yeah. I, I can imagine putting myself in that situation and i would also feel very reserved about coming up uh, clean about being an addict or having a family member who is uh, yeah. suffering through addiction Uh, it's not i think it's not just a oman thing it's definitely oh, it's it's a worldwide that, like the thing yeah. about addiction it doesn't it doesn't discriminate with mm. with with your social you know economic place in society if you're rich or you're poor you're a prince or a pauper you're black care. white yellow red green with yellow spots it doesn't matter <laughs> okay with male I would, I would female love to meet that person <laughs> yeah i want to find out what substance they're on <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've met a few. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sort of like, you know, in my work, I did go back to Thailand. I've got a total of six years experience over there working, uh, running rehabs, actually, too. Um, I was the clinical director of um, one and then a clinical manager of another. So, mm. you know, I, I, I got myself not just, uh, you know, getting experience there, but getting to the top of my field. Mm-hmm. So That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, that's why I'm hoping to to glean as much information from you as possible. I, and I'm trying to also think about okay, who's this episode today for, right? Um, and one person that I would I hope would listen to today's show is a person who perhaps has someone that they really care about in their family, yes. and they want to help them. Yeah. But they don't know how to go about it because this other person is lying, is keeping things from them. Yeah. They're feeding their addiction and they're concerned yeah. and they're listening to this, trying to figure out what do I do? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, you can contact us. You can contact probably, I would imagine, the radio station to find out more information. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I'm Oasis of Hope in Shati Al-Quram. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's called in Arabic. Um, can someone tell me what the Oasis of Hope is in Arabic? Never mind. That's okay. You can find English that out station. later. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's Everyone fine. here is a chicken nugget. <laughs> 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 uh, 
واحد الامل اي واز تولد اوكي كول 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 Yeah, but one thing I, I think you should also know that mm. it's not only the addict that needs treatment, it's the family. It's really? the mother, the father, the caregiver. Yeah, because it's a family disease, because what happens is they also learn the behaviors that go with the addict. And that is lying, you know, hiding, as we've just said, oh, my son's on holiday, mm. you know, um, so that. That brings shame and guilt for the family members too. And they need to learn how to actually um, take care, best best care of the person they love, mm-hmm. right? Be it their husband, their wife. Because one thing you should know, it's not, it's, it's it, as I said, it doesn't discriminate. And there are as much young girls out there that need help as do young men and older people really? too. Yeah. Yeah. Equal. Equal, yes. I would always, I would assume that it's a much more of a problem with men than it is with women. Um, it's more known about. I it's see. more known about. But there are a lot of girls suffering out there in silence. Hmm. And, so, you know, one of the side, one of the side effects is self-harm. Hmm. You know, I've seen young ladies pulling their hair out, cutting themselves, all sorts of, you know, self-harm behaviours. Um, you know, suicide attempts, that sort of thing. And what kind of substance are we talking about when we see these kind of extremes? Um, it's, as I said before, alcohol, weed, um, heroin. Even it, with alcohol? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, alcohol actually is, mo- is more insidious than we actually think. It's, it's actually the most dangerous drug from, to withdraw from. Really? Yeah, that's why you should be in a medical detox when you, um, under, under medical supervision, let's say. Why is that? Uh, because you have a chance of seizures, heart attacks. Uh, yeah, where, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, less dangerous to come off heroin, believe it or not. No way. Yep. That's why we don't accept people at the rehabs uh, with alcohol. We send them to, you know, one of the hospitals, uh, Bangkok Hospital or one of the others. That so, you know, when I'm in Tha- when I'm in Thailand, that is, um, uh, for a, for a medical detox before they come into tra- primary treatment, because there's different levels of treatment as well for addiction. But yeah. how much alcohol until it becomes that type of problem? It's well, actually, it's not how it's not how much. It's when you know, like when people become all day drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's when you know, and they they don't they tend not to eat or take care of themselves. But actually, it depends on on, on each individual. Uh, it affects each individual differently. Yeah. But um, and you know, when when we when we talk to talk about people, it's not about because some people will justify. They'll say, "Well, I only drink at the weekends," or. I only drink, you know, in the evenings or I only drink, you know, but no, 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 no. It's not about how much or how often it's about why. So someone could, let's say there are two people, they consume the exact same amount of alcohol mm. with one person. It, it's a problem, could be a problem and the other yeah. it's not. And it's because why they choose to drink. Yes, yes. Yeah, usually. And um, that's that's what qualifies you as, 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 as an alcoholic, let's say. Yeah, it's it's why, you know, it's usually like to cover up some yeah. trauma or some, you know, uh, yeah, can't can't handle my emotions, you know, and, and it becomes like, um, you know, you say, why do you drink? Sometimes I say, well, I drink because I drink, mm. you know. Um, and as I say, the more you drink, the more or more you more you use drugs, the, the more lost you become. So you become disconnected from yourself, mm-hmm. disconnected from others and your community and disconnected from a higher power. Which we're going to get into yeah. finding that 
Yeah. Purpose or meaning, yeah. I imagine, is a big part of therapy. It's, yes, it is. It's 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 dealing with the as you said earlier, dealing with the underlying issues. Then, right. and also, you know, um, you know, like in recovery, we recommend complete abstinence. We can't. We don't cut down. That's not going to solve the problem because it's the first one that does the damage. Yeah. That's the one that sets off the chemical processes in the brain. So uh, I asked you earlier. Um, let's say someone has a loved one who is going through addiction and they don't know what to do about it. You, you said they can contact you at the Oasis of Hope. Okay, what would happen when they contact you? Because, uh, you know, they might be nervous. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. Right. What, what should they expect? Well, they don't have to say what they want. They, they, they just have to ask for an appointment with, with me. Yeah. And what would happen? Uh, then they'd they'd obviously come to the clinic mm. and meet me. Uh, people, I mean, people come and go for all sorts of reasons at the clinic. Nobody knows why they come, why they go. It's an you know, it's totally confidential mm-hmm. and anonymous. Nobody needs to know. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that we we have to guarantee as therapists. It's that part of our ethical code that nobody will know that that person has come. So that for that that that, that way that helps to help people feel safe about not knowing. What's going it takes on? Takes away one thing, one one added pressure, societal pressure. It does. Least. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, depending on the case, I can then refer. You know, if if we can treat them, if we can help them in a man, we will. Mm. Yeah, it depends on what they're using and the circumstances. And but I also have a collaboration with one of the rehabs in in Thailand that I trust fully, that I've worked for for four and a half years when I was there. Mm. And uh, you know, I could, I would always, rec- I could always recommend that they go over to be treated. But this there. is also assuming that the person who is addicted yes. is willing. They have to be willingness is the key, and family can't do it for the person. Okay, that's why we call it. Re- you know, when when people want to get well, we call it reaching. They have to reach a bottom. We call it reaching a bottom. I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I, I need help. Please get me some help. Oof. Yeah, because it comes it comes to that point. Unfortunately, when you lose you lose everything you have. Some people are lucky enough they don't. Mm. And but for the grace of God, <laughs> as we say, you know, um, you know, uh, there's a way out. There is a way out. That's what I want people to know. There is a way out. You know, I used to consider myself a hopeless case back in the day, but no, I'm not. Mm. You know, and and you know. You can have a life beyond your wildest dreams as I do today. You know, I'm, I'm a consultant psychotherapist. I get called abroad from every now and then to to do workshops or to to help out. Mm. You know, I'm, I've got a world re- reputation now. With, so. the, with the context of your history. Yeah. yeah, I could see how that's like amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I want people to know that they can get their life back. They can get a second chance, but it's going to take work. It's not any, you know, it's not like, da-da, magic wand and everything's okay. No, no. We we can go through the work if you want. I don't mind going step by step, trying to figure out how do you navigate such a complicated situation. I unfortunately uh, have known people who are uh, very real addicts. Mm, yeah. In fact, uh, I had a college friend who may rest in peace. I'd not yeah. mention his name. Passed away because of um, yeah. an overdose. Um, so hopefully, we want to avoid a situation getting to that point. But as you said, the uh, first step is the the addict themselves admitting that they have a problem and they actually want to do something about yeah. it. W- 
let's say we don't want to wait till they hit rock bottom because God knows what no. rock bottom is. How do we even go about having a conversation about this? Yeah, you mean uh, with the person? Uh, with the uh, the person who is addicted. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, well, when they're ready, okay. Because I mean, like I've had I've had family members saying, "Oh, they need help. They've got to get help." You know. Yeah. But if they're not willing, you can't do anything. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, you can pull the horse to the to the river, but you're not going to get that horse to drink if it but, isn't but ready. You, but you love that horse, and you don't want them to get no. into a worse place. So how do you snap them out of it? Yeah, you have to. Sometimes you even this. This sounds really, really hard, but you have to cut them off. From what? You might from you. Oof. You might have to do that. I've I've had I've had. Unfortunately, um, that's the only way. Uh, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, yeah. Sometimes um, I've seen parents send their 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 kids away to mm. for treatment, and they have been resistant in the beginning, but they've come around while they've been at the centre. But the thing is, that doesn't always happen. There's no guarantee until that person is absolutely 100% ready. Yeah. Do you, so do you find that people do get to a point where they they feel 100% ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Yeah. yeah. I, would mm-hmm. as, I would assume that there would be also cases where they're like, I think I want to give this a shot, but I'm not sure... Yes, yeah. Well, that in that case, we can, you know, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can lay out the cards, the benefits of recovery, and where it can take you, and 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 you know, t- you know, mm. no, you know, because if you tell somebody, if you tell someone who has an addiction issue, oh, you're going to have to stay away from this from the rest of your life, then a lot of people won't be able to do that. So what we do, we do our recovery a day at a time, and those days build into weeks, build into months, build into years. I have some clients at the at, at Oasis of Hope that are now in recovery a year, a year and a half, and they're still yeah they they didn't they didn't have to go away. They're here. They've mm. worked with me, and they're still working with me. And their lives have changed beyond what you could imagine already. Yeah. You know, they've got trust back from their families. They're working. They're actually trusted to go. You know, different places now abroad and mm. come back and in one piece and without using. You know, so there is hope. That's what I want people to know. There is hope. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you notice is the pattern with those who go through a full recovery and do well and those who still struggle? Those who did well, what is it that they did that enabled them to get well? They they embraced they embraced recovery, you know, like they really wanted it. You know, there's a saying, it's not for those that need it, but those that want it. Right. And, you know, we do have support groups here. That's what helped me a lot in the beginning. Right. We have AA here. We have NA, you know, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. We have Al-Anon meetings for families. Mm. We have those facilities here. They're not publicized very much, but they are available. Yeah. And that's another thing I can put people in touch with. You know, having a support group, yeah. like-minded people that they can connect with. Yes, 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 yes. Actually, um, I, when was it? In I think now, correct me if I'm wrong. I know somebody will, but uh, I think it was about eight, nine years ago. Um, I helped set up with with uh, four Omanis in recovery um, and a, an American guy. Mm. Uh, the first ever meeting of Narcotics Anonymous here in Muscat, and it's thriving. 
you know, it's helping a lot of young people. Still so, going on today? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. how can people find that? Because I imagine it is anonymous. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah so course. they'll have to go through uh, like Oasis of Hope, for example? Uh, yeah, I have contact numbers for those uh, mm. organizations. I do. I've got the, uh, you know, like the hotline numbers. Yeah. Because that, that, that does help. That really, really does help. Um, yeah. people with with like as you say like-minded people because that's what we need and one thing we lack here which i hope to help help with mm. um with with the help of um, of uh, my my um what would i say he's my uh, uh he's the owner of one of the rehabs back in thailand mm. he wants to help is to actually uh start up a halfway house here what's a halfway house it's a, it's a place where people come when they come back from rehab right a primary care yeah even if they come out of our our big rehab here mm. it would it would help aftercare um and also people who come maybe people who come out of prison too and don't know what to do you know who've had issues with drugs in the past and they've been in jail incarcerated mm-hmm. you know to help them get their life back you know i'm designing a program at the moment for for this purpose um you know which will incorporate recovery Um, what happens in a halfway house? What happens? People learn how to, uh, um, what should I say, uh, help themselves get back into uh, normal life, real life. You know, they sort of stay there or they come come daily mm. uh, for, a, for a recovery program. We teach them skills also, life skills, not just the recovery skills, but also life skills like you know, how to apply for jobs, that sort of thing. Because I have, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, I have so many years in education, you mm-hmm. know, maybe even some vocational, like I'll give them some courses, you mm-hmm. know, um, get people in, volunteers to help out. And some, I know we have a few people here in Oman that have also had experience outside um, with rehabs, with recovery, you know. Yeah, I want I want to empower people you know to 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 build you know it will help build their self esteem uh their self worth you know if they're doing something to help others you know part of recovery is service doing mm. doing service to help other people you know so mm. they can give their experience strength and hope how they got through it what happened to why them why do you think that is why service that's interesting it is because it's a spiritual thing helping others You know, that love, that compassion, that understanding, they're all spiritual principles that we learn in recovery, you know, which most religions teach us, mm. you know, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, you know, right. all religions of the world teach spiritual principles of forgiveness, for love and compassion, all those nice, nice things, so, all goodness. <laughs> all goodness. <laughs> yeah. So the, we're coming to the to the root cause here, right? That, that sense of meaning and purpose that's lacking in a lot of... Um, addicts based on what i understand mm. uh, from from what you said earlier and helping others in my in my experience is a great path towards finding purpose and meaning so connecting those two ideas together yes um yeah. how how do those conversations go with uh, the people that you treat how do you how do you guide someone towards finding something that is truly meaningful and worth living for Okay, first of all, right, if I was to ask you, okay, not what would you like to do, but what is your passion? Hmm, yeah. For me, it's uh, perhaps, you know, I'm lucky. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if that's easy an easy answer for a lot of people. 
Yes. So oh. it's helping them discover it, you see. See, I have enough experience of running rehabs and working in rehabs to know that the program has to be holistic. And that means, you know, educational groups, process groups, one-on-one counselling, mindfulness, uh, you know, holistic practices, meditation, um, exercise, nutrition needs to be taken care of, all these things, because we are mind, body and soul. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, and that helps people along the journey find their passion, you know. Even if they only do it as a hobby and not as a job, at least they have purpose. You well, know? so okay, you said passion, and yeah. now you say purpose. I don't, I don't know if I think those two are interchangeable. To me, they're very different ideas. All right, right. In yeah. my mind, you can have passion mm. for an activity, yes, but it doesn't necessarily translate to meaning and purpose. Uh, and okay. this is my own way of looking at it. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but to me, yeah. when something turns from uh, a passion to meaning and purpose is when that per- a passion shifts from this I'm doing this for me because I love it yeah. to I am doing this for me and for others as well once that passion turns into okay this benefits other human beings as well that's when that great that's what I was going to gonna say to you that right. is it because usually what happens yeah as you get into recovery more you find that you get that connection which helps you as a person spiritually right right so your passion doesn't have to be a selfish thing my passion can benefit others mm. you know I, I watch advertisements and I see young young Omanis you know like um, you know, because I came here as a young, young, young woman and I became a Mani way back in 87. Yeah. Wow. And now when I see people of your age and I see young people developing businesses and their passion, their purpose are connected, mm-hmm. you see, because they're doing what they can. I mean, not not everybody has that chance. Yeah. But, you know, sort of like we say, when you're given lemons, you make lemonade. So you make the most of what you've got. And right. you know what? It, the more you get into recovery, the more you see doors open for you because you're following the path that, you know, the God of your understanding, Allah, God, had, 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 had in mind for you in the first place. Hmm. How, do, how important is... The idea of being connected to this thing that is bigger than yourself. For us Muslims, that's Allah. Yeah. But for other people, it may be different things. Uh, do you think, is it's, that important to recovery? It is. It's so important. It's fundamental, in fact, it is. And, you know, some people are very, very anti when they first come in. Mm. Because as you can imagine, I've worked with clients from all over the world. Uh, all all religions, races, you name it, yeah? And some atheists, right? So, mm. you know, so their higher power might not be a divine being in the beginning, but a lot of people come round to it eventually, you know, surprisingly. Mm. Yeah, in the beginning, I'll, you know, I'll say, well, you know, it's got to be something greater than you, so it can't be a tree or a, <laughs> or a right. football or something, you know, but yeah. something greater than you, maybe just the group, maybe just the recovery group. You know, in the uh, beginning. And that would suffice? In the beginning, yes. In the beginning? In the beginning. Because remember, it's a step at a time. Right. Yeah. We, you can't, you know, there's no, as I said at the, earlier on, there's no magic wands, you know. I wish there were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. You won't have a job, though, if there wasn't. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's, I don't, it's not just my job. It probably is my passion. I do a lot behind the scenes to help people as well that, you know, I don't necessarily. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> that's do, how it started out. Do you feel yeah. that all these, even decades later, after you've kicked your addiction, is it still something you have to work on? Yeah. Still? I, I do, I do. Yeah, because if I'm not giving what I've got away, I'm not keeping it. That's what it's one of the could, fundamentals. Could you repeat that? I don't understand. If I if I'm not helping other people, then oh. I then I won't. I'll get further away from that 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 uh, that 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 reminder that hey, watch it. You had a problem. You have to be careful always. So that risk of slipping back is still r- real. Uh, it would be if I wasn't working mm. on what I work on. Yes, yes, because uh, you know people who have. Um, addiction issues tend to be more sensitive than other people and you can get back into being irritable, restless, discontent if you're not doing something recovery related yeah you know so but alhamdulillah I have a very you know I've developed a peace of mind you know in in, in life I've Mm. uh, you know I have a have a program that works I have um, I'm, I do a lot. I travel quite a bit as well. I've just come back actually a month ago from Thailand. I went for mm. four months to get get our get get uh, one of the rehabs up up and running again. How was that? Oh, cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because I got my hands right in there. You know. Uh, you know. Like what do you call it? Ground, ground level. You know. Right. Um, you know. I, I came to help out and you know muck in with with the rest of the team and you know take on a caseload of clients and mm. uh, you know and also keep my certification up to date. Um, I did all my courses for that. Um, I'm, I'm now re- recertified till 2025. Oh, so it's something that you have to yes. get recertified on. Absolutely. Well, that's coming. Oh, it know. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I first got I first yeah. got my higher certification in uh, 2017. Mm. Yeah, uh, I got the first one. I got the C- CS80, and now I've got the the masters one and above. So, yeah. So it's uh, yeah it's something that I have to keep doing, and I have to keep keep up to date with the current trends. And mm. uh, that's what I did. I did. Uh, you have to do so many hours of education uh, every three years to keep yourself up to up to the level that yeah. they that they want yeah well, and uh, yeah. you know one of the one of the guys who actually works on the certification board is a referrer to one of our rehabs too he's very famous dr mooney winslow mm-hmm. um and uh, you know i hope you know himself and uh, roland williams and some of the other famous like people if i do get going with my project uh, inshallah inshallah then these people can, will come over and do do help me with some groups and with their experience, strength and hope. Were they yeah. involved with the Thailand project? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They used to, they were referrers. Uh, Roland travels the world. He's uh, he he uh, he actually did. Uh, uh, you know, they do the the final twenty four hours those programs. I think it's on Discovery Channel or is no. it? I've seen them on YouTube. I'm not sure exactly who produces them, but it's the final twenty four of people's lives. And uh, Roland, who was my colleague at Dara, um, he did the addictions commentary on Marvin Gaye's final twenty four hours. So you know these people that are very prominent in the world, wow. and some of my clients are actually I can't mention them obviously, but they are also very prominent worldwide. Yeah. So that is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is because <laughs> I'll be watching something. I'll go, oh yeah, he was my client. <laughs> but Alhamdulillah, I can't say anything. I only say that in my head <laughs> because because ethically I can't and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And that's mm. one thing, you know. I know. I know. You know. I take secrets to the grave. I can't say whoever comes to see me. That's always confidential. That always like boggles my mind when like when when I speak to a therapist and I wonder. 
you know, they're human beings. Yes. They they need an outlet. Yes, 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 yes. But you're not allowed to. Yeah. Uh, oh no, 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 no. We 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 don't uh, we don't we don't uh, we have supervisors who help us with manage our stress oh, and manage okay. our you know, yeah. Because I obviously we're taking on a lot of people's issues. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and it, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean I ha- I have a supervisor. I was talking to her yesterday on, on online. It's like who who cuts the barber's hair, you know what I mean? That's right, that's right, another barber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah so yes i i we we have supervisors us therapists yeah. yeah well we're gonna take a quick break yeah and we'll be right back this is oh my fm And we're back here with Dr. Hanan Whelan talking about addiction. Um, so there is a recent development here in the country. There have been an uptake in the amount of crystal meth that's been coming into the country. Um, there was a bust of uh, 40 tons worth uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, 110 kilograms uh, this month. And um, it's, which is surprising because uh, crystal meth is not something you associate with Oman, or at least I've not heard a lot of people um, uh, battling with crystal meth particularly. I wonder what do you know about it and how bad is it really? Mm. Okay, well, that is a recent development. I was aware, I'd heard obviously through the grapevine that. Uh, Ah, things were happening in that direction. And I my immediate thought was, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. Because it's, you know, even though meth has been, meth, uh, methamphetamine has been used medicinally since the 1800s. Okay. It, you know, the, the present day use is obviously to abuse it, to get, you know, to get high. And it, it actually gives, uh, gives, um, you know, like a dopamine release of like 10 times the normal rate of what we, you know, like happiness, Oof. you know. So, you know, and once a person has experienced that, they're always looking for that same rush. We call it chasing the dragon. Yeah. Is, uh, does that happen instantaneously the first time someone tries it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. The first rush would be the best. And after that, then, you know, sort of they they were striving to get that back. But it's... And it's unfortunately, this is the thing. It's relatively easy to make. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Breaking Bad was, I think, yes. uh, the first introduction to a lot of people about crystal yes. meth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, uh, uh, you know, um, it's it used to be, well, at least in the US, it used to be relatively easy to buy. I won't mention the ingredients over the um, over the radio, but to to buy the co- the cough the cold medication over the counter. Mm. Um, so I don't want to go into details of, of of the chemicals because you know I think I know which one you're referring yes. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it begins with E. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it, it's 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 the potential for damage that worries me or concerns me more than um, uh, say let's say they're all concerning mm-hmm. heroin. Uh, <sighs> weed is a gateway drug. Um, alcohol, as we've talked about, but meth is. Uh, devastating to say the least how is that it's it's concerning because uh, it's easier to become uh, addicted quicker to it yeah um and to actually get people uh 
into recovery from it is harder, believe it or not, than other drugs. Why is that? Because of the addictive, because of, because of the effects of it. Um, mm. And unfortunately, what people don't realise that uh, the difference between some other drugs and methamphetamine is it actually rewires the neuron pathways of the brain Oof. and actually blocks the dopamine receptors in the end so that it becomes impossible for a person to actually experience what happiness is anymore. Is it a permanently? It can be if you long term use. Yes, it can be permanent. Oof. Yeah, which is very very um, hard for for people, and also not just that, but uh, you know because other physical um, implications, like because saliva, you know, gets restricted in the mouth, mm -hmm. tooth decay. You know, they call it meth mouth. Mm. You know, people lose their teeth, and because the saliva is not circulating in the mouth. You yeah. know, mucous membranes are not, you know, um, working properly. Right. And also uh, the um, hallucination, hallucinatory effect as well, because it's a stimulant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So also um, people can imagine things like bugs crawling under their skin. So they start scratching and trying to pull them out. That's why they've got all the, you know, marks on their arms and legs and, and places. I mean, I've, 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 I've treated a lot of meth addicts in, in Thailand, you mm. know, that weren't Thai, they were international clients. But to see the devastation and how difficult it is for them to, let's say, uh, get into recovery, and the relapse rate is very, very high as well, you know, if they can even get clean, it's, it's, it's really devastating. And that's, it, it, it would be such a devastation to our community. Um, if it becomes a prevalent uh, yeah that's why you know that's why that's why the authorities have to be really 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 firm on this one yeah and regarding let's say someone who has an addiction uh, and they're trying to get help themselves yeah what is the legality regarding that should they be worried going to authorities uh, saying that they have a problem and how would, do the authorities view uh, such yeah. a situation well um, I'm not sure about today, but I remember years back when I spoke to somebody uh, at uh, Coram headquarters who was uh, in charge of the uh, drug squad. Mm. Yeah, uh, I won't mention his name because he's not in that position anymore now. But, um, you know, he asked me for advice actually on what to do um, with people who are offending Okay. Now, obviously, dealers, there's harsh punishments. Obviously, that's, that's of course, how, you know, mm -hmm. but it goes without saying. But first time offenders, I advised him uh, to actually consider them getting help on a first offence and, uh, you know, either rehab or some counselling or, you know, some help. Mm. Repeat offenders, okay, then, yep whatever the authorities need to do. But, you know, for a first timer, sometimes they've got into it, you know, like yeah. not really knowing where it's going to take them and uh, to give them a chance. But they've got to agree to get help and they've got to prove that they're getting help, you know. Well, what if they're beyond a first time offender? They're, 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 they're aware they have a problem. Now, okay, yeah, I have, mm. yeah, but a first-time offender could already be deep in, believe me. I mean, yeah. that that's, that might be the first time they've got caught. They might have been using for five years, I see. you know. I we see. don't know. Yeah. But uh, without getting caught, yeah. Mm. But um, what was I going to say? Um, 
I have actually worked with people who have come out of jail, who have actually been in jail here, you know, mm-hmm. because of uh, drugs. And, you know, like we have a saying in recovery, keep it green. Remember what happened to you. It's a good deterrent, actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because they don't want to go back because of the experience they had. So sometimes, you know, um, life is our best teacher. But then then the other hand, someone might be scared to get help because they don't want to go to jail. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think, yeah, I think more talk. We, we need to have more talks with the authorities as well. People like myself, you know, to advise, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I might have an opportunity. I'm hoping that comes about to talk to somebody at some mail mm. because uh, that, that, there is a big problem. A lot of the people who do get convicted of uh, drug offences are in jail mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe we could prevent rather than uh, have it happen you know more preventative more awareness I know people have tried in the past but it does take pierce perseverance people give you know people sometimes see it as a thankless task but we've got to keep going we've got to got to, got to you know future generations we've got to think of them you know I mean yeah. this is a worldwide issue it's not just there you know, a regional issue or, a, you know, countrywide issue. It's a, it's, it's an international issue, unfortunately. And, and if the recent news is any indication, mm. uh, the crystal meth coming into the country, yeah, we can see how these international problems are not outside of our borders anymore. They no. can very easily be inside of the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah. then what can we do? What do we do from here? Don't yeah. I've always been, I think, more collaboration between people like myself and the authorities. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to somebody who could could really help or, you know, help me uh, to help others and me to help them to help others too, you know. So, you know, I don't know how that could be done, but I'm sure there's open ways. Open up dialogue. Open up dialogues, yes, definitely. I'd love to be of service, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, language is not and it shouldn't be an issue. I speak Arabic, okay, not perfectly, but I do I my best. I just learned you also speak Swahili. Yeah, That's I do. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I speak I speak yeah, I do. I speak Thai as well because okay. I lived in Thailand for 6 years, so I, I learned Thai. Yeah. Yeah, so and uh yeah. Yeah. Well, before we end to tonight's session, mm-hmm. um was there anything that you would like to leave us with perhaps for the parents uh that are they have a kid in their family that is going through something or the kid themselves. They perhaps they tuned in and they're trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Get help as soon as possible if you can. But also for parents and teachers, you know, um, it's not about it's not a moral issue. It's an illness. Um, so how would you treat a cancer patient? You wouldn't kick them, would you? So don't kick your son or your daughter. Hmm. Get them help. Get them the help they need. Right. Even if it even if it seems like it's a moral issue because they they might be lying, they might be hiding things. Yeah. That's the behavior part of the disease unfortunately, but fun all overall, you know, technically it's an illness. It's actually on the World Health Organization list of killers. It's number 10 uh actually on the World Health Organization list of uh, you know, things that kill us. Yeah. yeah. So it's it is it because it's a brain illness. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dr. Hanan, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And hopefully we'll have you back soon to talk about um, anything else that we may be missing. And for anyone who is listening who has uh, 
experience dealing with such matters, please do feel free to reach us at omanfm.om. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I feel that. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.